So that was the end of Friday's sets. And now we move on to Saturday and probably my favorite set of the entire weekend, which made Dude, me... Dude, it was my favorite day. Dude, it, it like... This set gave me much respect for this dude like even more than i already had motherfucking kid rock holy shit yeah i never knew how much of a performer it is dude i literally like the way i explained it to ray lynn was i thought kid rock was just this weird ass white dude with long hair that raps right yeah like trying to be oh here's a white dude trying to rap because he had eminem at the time yeah from from what well, he's from detroit too right yep yeah so you had here you go it's like oh great here's another white guy trying to be a rapper but then yeah when he actually do watch his performance it's like dude this motherfucker can he, he's another one that could control the crowd yep. it's like this guy knows what he's doing he knows how to perform he controlled the crowd i didn't know he was a musician you right? know the fact yeah, that, that he was jumping from guitar to guitar he jumped on the fucking bass he jumped on the fucking. Uh, he was scratching for a bit. I don't remember if yeah. he played on the keyboards. He probably did. I right. <laughs> like just seeing him run around and the energy that he had, and and the fact that I can I appreciate any artist that can make their music sound exactly how it sounds on the CD, and that's how it sounded like with this dude. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing with him, I think with that Devil Without a Cause album, that was like his fourth or fifth album yeah so he so he didn't get that popular until that album came out it's like damn that is insane yeah dude and like i've been bumping that cd non-stop <laughs> since i saw this performance the other day because it's just it's an awesome album you yeah. know i never listened to it before and um you know i like i said i have a newfound respect for kid rock uh, I loved his jokes. He said, Monica Lewinsky is a hoe and Bill Clinton's a fucking pimp. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else did I put? Uh, you had little Joey C crotch chopping everywhere. Yep. He was going. Yep. Little Joe And, uh, I remember the one thing that, uh, definitely caught my eye was when he busted out the double platinum plaque on oh, stage. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, double platinum in 1999 like that's one yeah. hell of a fucking flex right like damn yeah because what was it when we got up saturday again we were just planning everything out <clears throat> so when we got there it actually took us a while to get there because when we got to the mohawk plaza the place was fucking packed even more than it was on friday oh yeah so we're there, we're there waiting for the bus and the buses, they would only leave with like a few people. It's because everybody was trying to rush on the buses and just try to get there. Cause Saturday was so stacked of all the performers. So there was like some of the security guards or police and, um, one of them actually got on top of the bus and what made it funny. Cause I didn't say it in my YouTube video, but he was gay. So when he got on top of the bus, he's like, people, come on. Like, we're not going to go if, you, you know, like, if you're rushing the bus. Like, you need to listen and behave. <laughs> so we're just like, oh, fuck, dude, like, early. But eventually everyone did calm down, and they were letting more people on the bus. I can't remember if we had to stand or sit that day. 
we might have stood again just so everybody could get there. So it was actually no problem getting onto Griffiths this time. All we had to do was just show the wristband and I think our ticket. And they're like, all right, go ahead. So we ended up, I think everybody was hungry. And we walked over to where some of the food tents were. And when we got over there, it literally straight up smelled like shit. Oh, and wow. yeah, so if you look at one of the pictures, I think that collage picture I sent you, there's three guys covered in blue. They're actually covered in the stuff from the porta potties. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So they're covered in that chemical. And so like everybody else is trying to eat. I didn't want to buy the food because I think it was expensive as fuck. I think I might've just, someone had like a chicken sandwich and they just tore me off a piece and I just ate that. But yeah, the food was just, was expensive. I think it was like $8 or something for like the chicken sandwich for like a fruit salad that they called it was just as much, if not maybe even more. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to save my money. And I ended up buying some patches from my backpack. Like I ended up buying Limp biscuit, corn, Metallica, and then two of Primus. And I think it was like, buy three, you get two free or something for like 15 bucks or some shit like that. So I ended up buying those and I kept my backpack with me because I had like my camera in there and just in case anybody else wanted to buy stuff. So they get their food or whatever. And then that's where we headed over to the East stage. And that's where we caught pretty much like the last quarter or so of Kid Rock. So, cause he was already performing Cowboy. Okay. So it was just only like a, yeah, so it was only like a few songs that we got to see. And then that's when he started doing like that whole instrumental thing. Ah, the and conducting. that's where he was. Yeah, so that's where he was pointing like at one guitarist, then the other one, then the drummer, and then the DJ and somebody. And then that's where he told the crowd, hey, guys, I want to see his shit being thrown in the air. Throw the bottles. Like, make sure it's stuff that's safe. You know, nothing glass like make sure it's plastic let's throw some bottles at the stage and that's where i think one, same thing one of the pictures i sent you of kid rock you could actually see the bottles being thrown in the stage and it was yeah. literally just like a sea of bottles being thrown up there and you could hear like joe c just like ah shit because <laughs> you know, of the carnage that was happening and then that was the end of kid rock and i was like damn like that was some pretty good shit that i saw you know like i said even though it was the last three songs it was still cool just that whole energy and vibe yeah dude he so, can he can fucking rock that shit yeah for real like i that's why i wish we kind of would have gotten there early so we could have seen the beginning of a set especially to hear uh when they open up with ball with the ball because i liked how when you watch the video he kind of did it like james brown does they do like kind of like an introduction type thing where it's like a 15 fucking minute thing going on before they finally play the song. And they kind of did that with ball with the ball. It probably wasn't 15 minutes, but it felt like it though. But it, it went into it like real smoothly and everything though, to get the crowd all hyped up. Yeah. No, oh, I remember like, and when, uh, what's it called throughout all these, um, sets and stuff like that, did you guys, like, did they have uh, video screens and stuff like that so you guys can see the sets? Or it was just you either hear it and see it over there or you don't? I want to say um, 
I'm trying to remember if they even gave out anything because I ended up like the the set thing that you see on the picture I sent you and that's here on my Twitch. Those I ended up printing off the computer, so that way I knew what was going to be at what. And mm -hmm. then even with the map site, it didn't really say the times of the bands. Um, actually, let me check this thing real quick. I want to see. Whoops. <laughs> I want to see if this one did or didn't. Yeah, so even like this pamphlet thing about Woodstock 99, it says what bands are performing, but it doesn't say the times. So I th think it was just one of those things where it's like if you're there, you're there. Like it shows the set times for the emerging artists, but it doesn't show the set times for the actual main stage bands. Ah. So I think you just had to... Yeah, you just had to look it up online and just print it out for yourself. Yeah. It's like, if you know, you know. If you don't, you're screwed. Yeah, because they would show, like, on the screen, so, like, when Kid Rock would be done, they would show, like, okay, here's here's who's coming up next, and then here's who's currently, like, on the West stage. Like, if you want to go see them, go check out Everclear or whoever was performing, you know, at that time and day. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. At least you get an idea, like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to see, like, say... Okay, so Limp Bizkit is coming up next. I don't really like Limp Bizkit, but I see that Corn's on the other state. Cool, I'm gonna go see Corn. So like, kind of yeah. like shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, they try to. I think they try to make it out like that. So if, same thing. You're like, oh, this band's on. Well, who's playing at the other stage? Mm, well, who's at this stage? Okay, I'll go over there then, or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. Alrighty. Well, like I said, I have new respect for Kid Rock. It was an amazing set. Like I said, to me, that was that was the set of the weekend. Like between him and, and DMX, yeah. it was just fucking magical. And the uh what? what was that? Well, I was gonna say uh Kid Rocks was pretty good, but I think he got definitely upstaged <laughs> by the other band that I saw, but in between that time I'll, I'll let you finish on kid rock before oh yeah no worries next, no worries uh i'm pretty much done with kid rock and i was gonna say we're gonna move on to uh limp biscuit and uh i love limp biscuit i wasn't too impressed with their set Dude, come on. You got to give it another try. You I really wasn't. I swear, dude. Like, I love Limp Biscuit, but for some reason, I don't know what it was. I don't know what well, it I was. Know said, I know you said you were irritated because of, like, the hot mic, especially during Show Me What You Got. Yeah, there was, was there was a lot of mic loud. problems, dude. A lot of mic problems. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing that I noticed on here that, that I kept putting. Like, let's see. There was audio issues. It seemed like they were mellow. <laughs> uh let's hear reverb overkill uh feedback city mic problems well he, well, he I, i'll get into why there was mic problems and stuff but uh before the whole limp biscuit talk after kid rock the group <laughs> so everybody but me was getting tired and hot okay and they wanted they wanted to leave and i'm just like son of a bitch i'm like are you kidding me like this is the second day in the row that this shit is going on so even barbara wanted to leave so if she wants to leave you know it's that bad so we all get back to the house and i'm like i want to go back you know it's like come on it's like i'm 15 years old 
<laughs> there's no way this is going to be my Woodstock experience. Yeah. So what I ended up doing, I think they ended up saying like, well, see if your dad wants to go that way you could go back. So I ended up calling him at Lucy's house and be like, dad, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I'm like, can you go to Woodstock with me? It's like, Barbara will break off her wristband, give you her, give you her ticket. That way you could go with me. And I think he was a little hesitant at first, but I think he knew, okay, this is, you know, for my son, this is for Justin. And plus it's Woodstock going in for free. So he ended up talking in to my friend Charles and to his dad, Chris, for him to go as well. So we called up or my dad called up Chris and right off the bat, fuck yeah. (laughs) I'll pick you guys up. We'll go ride the bus and whatever. So they ended up breaking the wristbands, giving the tickets. So we ended up going back. I think my dad picked us up. We went back to Barbara's house or we got dropped off, went back to her house. Um, a little while later, Chris was driving up the driveway, honking the horn, excited like crazy. My dad and I are just laughing. We're like, hell yeah. Like this is where the fun's going to start. Chris is just an awesome guy. And so he picks us up. We ended up parking at one of the bus spots and with this bus it took us a while because the route instead of going straight to Griffiths it took us to Lake Delta or Delta Lake and it's just a lake that's literally nearby the airbase which I didn't realize it was that close like as a kid it felt like it took forever to get there Mm. but then when I google mapped it I'm like really like it's it's that close by it's like a 15 20 minute 30 minute drive you know something like that that's always how it is when we're kids man things are always bigger or it seems longer to get there exactly like even the the school that i went to francis bellamy that one felt like it took forever to go and then i google mapped it and it's literally outside of the (laughs) airbase you just take this one road take a right go down the street take another right take a right again boom there's the school for some reason on the bus, I don't know if it's because it was so early in the morning, it just felt like it took forever. Yeah. So we get on the bus and we're just there chit-chatting. And what was cool about this bus, there was hardly anybody on it. So we all got our own seat. We could stretch out our legs. I was kind of giving the rundown to my dad and Chris about like what to prepare for Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, and Metallica. And I was telling them about mosh pits. No, I think that was later when I told them about it. But I was just like, yeah, just get ready. And, like, they're heavy music. So there was also a guy that was on the bus that was flirting with the bus driver because it was a female. She's like a young college girl. Mm -hmm. And so he was there just saying, like, how beautiful her eyes are, how nice her smile is, and just (laughs) everything like that, making her blush. So we finally get to the Woodstock site. And my dad and I, or I go through first, and then my dad's like, oh, yeah, my wrist." My wristband broke, you know, they're like, oh, no, yeah, no worries. Let's just see your ticket. Gave him a new one. Boom. Chris tries to go through and he has an open container. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, you, you can't bring that on here. <laughs> it's like you either chug the beer or you throw it away. Because he had like two beers with him, a little shot thing or two of tequila and like beef jerky. That's just how Chris rolls, <laughs> you know, and everything. So we had to wait for him to chug his beer and same thing yeah my wrist brand broke and so they gave him a new one and then that's when we got in the site i was like okay that's the west stage nothing to see there so we're heading over to the east stage like this is where limp biscuit's going to be and once we got there got there i want to say that's where Vern troyer mini me from austin powers 
where he uh, announced Limp Bizkit on stage. Oh, shit, that's right. You see him up on... Yeah, so all you hear is, you know, you want the worst. <laughs> you got the worst. You know, the one, the only, Limp Bizkit. And so, of course, that's when Significant Other came out, so they used that intro to come out on stage. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, right? You got the worst. So they get out on stage, go into just like this. And that's where I was telling my dad and Chris, I was like, all right, be prepared for mosh pits. And they're like, mosh pits? And one literally formed like maybe like 15 feet away from us. And I was like, pointed at them. I'm like, that's a mosh pit. That like, thing over like, there. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> Like that whirlpool thing you see going on, people just pushing each other and running around. I'm like, that's a mosh pit. I'm like, just be prepared. If one breaks out, either stand back or try to move out of the way. So, yeah. So in between that, that's where, yeah, quite a few time passed between that because Limp Bizkit didn't get on to like about 7, 50, 8 o'clock. So Wyclef Jean performed. Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, and Alanis Morissette. So it was pretty much like four hours or so of music that was just lost in between that or so. Was that between uh, Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit? Yep. Or, oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, so had that's we... a big gap. <laughs> so had it, you yeah, stayed, you would have seen all of those bands. Yeah. I, I attended on wanting to see those bands, even though Everclear was on the West stage. I would have loved to have seen them, but at that time, I mean, I, I like some Counting Crows songs. I like some Dave Matthews Band songs. Alanis Morissette, eh, that's probably where I would have left the stage. Yeah, <laughs> You know, only like, only like maybe like ironic and hand in my pocket, but like that's about it though. Got it. Yeah. So with the Limp Bizkit set, like I said, man, you know, like I, I, I like the songs, you know, that I knew right. um, with the exception of, I guess it was probably just the sound issues that just kept screwing me, screwing with me, you know, but you know, like I have notes on here that of, of certain things that, you know, that, that I saw that I liked, like there was one, you know, seeing Diddy and ice cube on the stage. Well, oh, yeah, biscuit yeah. were performing and that, that was a trip. Uh, yeah. And then I saw kid rock on the stage. Yeah, he was up there. So was uh, Fieldy and Jonathan Davis of Corn. Yeah, I want to say Dexter from Offspring. He was on the stage. Yeah, it's almost like from the side right there. I think because yeah, like you said earlier, this was the height of Significant Other. So this was like yeah, Limp Biscuit at its prime. So of course everybody wanted to come see fucking Limp Biscuit perform. Yeah, because I think that album dropped either like a couple weeks before or a couple months. Because that album was still fresh and everything. Oh, that's right. Summer of 99. Yep. Holy crap. Yeah. Damn. Damn, man. You were there at the right fucking time. Holy shit. <laughs> especially especially that concert itself, just having certain bands. Yeah, like it was right at the peak of like certain albums or just that band itself was just like perfect. Oof. And then, like, literally one year later, if they would have done it if one year later or something like that, or if they would have done another one, you know, you would have ended up having bands like uh, Linkin Park, Papa Roach, fucking... Link-182, probably. Link-182, maybe Green Day. 
you know? Like, yeah. Well, that's what I was surprised that Green Day didn't play because they performed at 94. And even though they had a short set because of the mud fight, like I wish Green Day would have came back. Primus, I was really looking forward to, but they decided to do OzFest instead, which was understandable because they came out with their anti-pop CD. So I guess they just wanted more coverage with that. Um, I wish Cypress Hill would have performed there too because they were at 94. But yeah, mainly them, I wish those three or so would have been there, and especially Aerosmith. Yeah. I wish they would have been there too, but they just like, nah, we're good with Armageddon. <laughs> Now with um okay, quick side note. Wayne's World 2, when they did Wayne Stock, were they basing that off of ninety-four? Yeah, because okay. around that time I think that's that's when um they were getting ready for Woodstock ninety four or they already did Woodstock ninety four. Okay, I only asked that because I I <laughs> when I was watching a documentary today there was a city official that they were talking to and he looked very, very familiar. He looked exactly like the permit guy that they were talking to in Wayne's world too. Remember when he said, I'll make oh, sure. Kevin cross- yeah. He looked exactly yeah. like him. And I'll, because he had a, he had a, he had one eye bigger than the other. Uh, well, no, remember in the movie, he had a, a like a glass eye yeah. or something like that. So I'm wondering if they were making fun right of that eye, guy. Maybe. Ooh, I wonder. Yeah, because I, I saw that guy in the documentary. I was like, dude, they have to be making fun of this dude. Like, it has to be this guy. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. I saw that shit, and I started <laughs> laughing. I was like, no fucking way. That's crazy. But, yeah, like, with with Limp Bizkit, like I said, I enjoyed it, but I don't know. I just felt like something, something was off for me, you know, and it, it probably was the sound. You know, being a sound guy, you know, like if if sounds fucked up, it just screws up a set for me. You yeah, know? like that's the only thing I could think of because when they played that song "Thieves," that "Get the Fuck Up," to me, that's what really turned their set right there and got everybody rowdy. Just because it was a cover song, but the way how they played it was just so epic yeah and during that song that's when i got elbowed in the nose and ended up getting a bloody nose oh shit <laughs> so yeah it was from all of us just jumping up and down where he's like when i say get up you get the fuck up and then get the fuck up and of course we're there jumping up and down i remember my dad just being like get ready <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like that you know so of course i mean you have to jump with the crowd it's impossible for you to just stand there like you have to go along with the, oh, yeah. with the crowd absolutely so when we were jumping up and down, just someone just accidentally elbowed me in the nose and I could just feel just wetness like around my mouth. And that's where I just kind of rubbed it. And I was like, shit, and then, like my nose was bleeding. So luckily in the crowd, people were throwing just stuff and you found a roll of toilet luckily, paper. Yeah. They, yeah. someone, I guess in front of me or behind me knew that my nose was bleeding and they jumped up and grabbed a roll of toilet paper and like it was literally like right next to my head like their hand was and i turned back and i was like thank you (laughs) so i was able to i was able to stop my nosebleed you know for a while like it wasn't nothing too drastic but it was enough where it definitely made it bleed and i think it got on my shirt and i think it's there on my woodstock papers somehow and i don't know what though but that was my 
and not really injury, but that was my moment during Limp Biscuit. So after that, I want to say that's where they played Stuck or Rearrange or something. They played one. I think they did Stuck or something like that, though. I know there was titties everywhere, I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. Especially that night. That whole night was just full of that. Mm. But I think that's where the the promoters were kind of trying to tell the crowd, like, hey, calm your calm your crowd a little bit, you know, telling that to Fred and everything. But it wasn't until when they did play break stuff, that's when no, they weren't riots, but that's where shit hit the fan for sure though. Oh yeah. Yeah. When you when when you start turning up the uh the intensity on the music, the crowd's always gonna vibe off of it. And that crowd oh, for was sure. absolutely vibing off of fucking limp biscuit. You know, they were Well, I think I, I think it would have been dumb had they not performed break stuff because I, I think that was I think that was the second single off the album because Nookie was the first one. Yeah. So I think had they not performed that at Woodstock, it would have been a dumb marketing move. But even with that song, that's where like he wasn't t- like you watch the video. He's not telling everybody, "Hey, go tear the plywood off. Hey, go do this. Hey, go do that." He's just like, "You got negative energy, just let it out." Like that was it. Mm-hmm. And the people were just tearing the plywood off of the Alamo. And they were crowd surfing on that. So people were literally crowd surfing on plywood there in the crowd. And that was like one of the most epic things ever to witness live, just seeing people just crowd surfing on plywood just all over that fucking crowd. Oh, I can imagine, dude. You don't see that shit. Normally when you're at a concert and you see someone crowd surfing, it's just them. No, these people were literally standing on the fucking plywood and it was getting passed around. Yeah, and it was just like a lot of people were trying to get on them, or you had like a couple, but it was just cool seeing that. And then when you were saying there was mic problems, I think that's when they cut off his mic just to try to calm down the crowd in a way. But here's the thing that gets to me is whenever people say, oh, Limp Bizkit started the riots for Sunday or they started a riot Saturday night. Had it been that bad of a situation, I think one of the promoters would have came on stage and be like, hey, guys, you know, calm the fuck down, you know, put the wood back, you know, do this or that. That yeah. didn't happen actually until the end of Limp Bizkit's set where one of the guys was like, all right, you know, it's getting a little crazy, you know, guys, put the wood back or we're not going to carry on the show, like, or you're not going to see Rage Against the Machine. So, like, there's even, I think, interviews with either Fildy or Jonathan Davis where they're like, oh, yeah, I... I was disgusted by Limp Bizkit and what they were doing. It's like, dude, you're up there jamming out to them. It's like, if you're so disgusted, why didn't you do something then? Yeah, why <laughs> you didn't know? you guys just, grab a mic and say something? You yeah, know? exactly. So, but it wasn't, like I said, it, it is bad because they were tearing down that piece of the plywood, but it did eventually get put back. And yeah. so it took a while for them to perform Nookie. And then Nookie kind of mellowed out the crowd a little bit. And then especially before they started playing um, Faith, because Fred Durst wanted to go out in the crowd, he wanted to go on that plywood and be crowd surfed in one of the towers. And of course, the crowd was like, fuck no. <laughs> like, we ain't going to crowd surf you over there. So that kind of mellowed out the crowd, too. Yeah. You can only mellow it out with so for so long, especially with the next two bands that are coming up. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, my and, God. <laughs> <laughs> just just having those next two, anyways. I mean, I know people nowadays like really Rage Against the Machine and Metallica. It's like, dude, like they're like you yes, gotta give them Rage Against the Machine and Metallica. <laughs> yeah, especially after Limp Biscuit. Like I said, I still say for Limp Biscuit, not playing break stuff and having that crowd surfing shit going on with the plywood. I don't think their set would have been that moment that memorable and i don't think they would have been as talked of about the whole riot thing yeah you know because that's probably the vibe that i got like i told you where i said i wasn't really too impressed that's probably the same thing where it's like okay all these other things happened during the set okay so that made the set cool but other than that would it really have been talked about yeah, I mean, I think the only thing they might have still talked about would have been Thieves. Like I said, that Get the Fuck Up song. Yeah. Just because of how everybody was during that. But then, yeah, because you got to think after that, they played, I think it was like Stuck, Rearranged, Break Stuff, Nookie, and then Faith. And then even with Faith, he had all the ladies go up on the guys' shoulders. and um, And then that's when they performed faith so yeah i think it was just certain aspects of that if, if they had not performed break stuff it probably would not have been as talked about as it is today yeah i feel it man i feel it uh moving on like we said we have rage against machine coming up next and oh yeah common theme with me first time seeing them perform live Never seen them perform live before, and I tell you what, I fell in love with Tom Morello. Dude, yeah, he was—he's one of the main shit. ones that got me, that got me into playing guitar. And then all the credit still goes towards Jimi Hendrix, but I think Morello—I'll give him the credit for uh, effect pedals. Yeah, dude, that man is just a beast. <laughs> You know, yeah. like that was, was the one thing that, that I had in my notes, like consistently. It's like fucking Tom Morello. Holy shit, Tom Morello. <laughs> Just that whole band. They vibed so well together. Yeah, dude. They had amazing energy together. Like I, I was impressed the entire time. Uh I saw that the crowd was singing along with them. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. What's the uh vocalist name, the lead singer? What's his name? Zach De La Rocha. Okay, so Zach. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, the one thing that I noticed that no matter what he was doing, like if he was running around on stage or he was doing something, he was always on point, like with the songs. Like he never oh, yeah. missed a note. He never missed a beat. He was always on point. Like just, God damn, man. <laughs> and the thing I've always loved about Rage is with their setup, everything's wired. Yeah. So, like, with some rock bands like Metallica, like, their guitars, they use, like, that wireless shit, whatever, so mm-hmm. they can walk around freely. With Rage, like, everything is just wired. And I don't know, I just like the old school setup of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I know what you mean, man. Being plugged in directly to a mixer is completely different than yeah the wireless. Like, the wireless, it gives you that, you know, that ability of freedom. You can walk yeah. around. You don't have to worry about tripping on a cord, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's not the same. Like, yeah, it definitely sure. can't sound the same. Uh, yeah, right. 
let's see here. Uh, one thing that I noticed, a lot of them had stickers under guitars, which reminded me of just the 90s, man. That was a thing. You yeah. Know, sometimes you had to put a bunch of stickers on your guitars, or that was like one of your first well, that's guitars. What, yeah, that's what I did with my first guitar when I started playing electric, was I ended up putting a bunch of stickers on there. I think I have like a Dr. Evil sticker, a Primus Skeeter sticker, um, an Alien sticker, a Walmart smiley face sticker. <laughs> um, when I moved to Germany, I ended up getting a like a bit of Bitburger, which is the beer. I have that sticker added on there. And I think another thing I got that from was also from Green Day from Billy Billy Joe Armstrong was his main guitar. It has like a bunch of stickers and just like shit just like written all over it and everything. It's just but a yeah, time, it was all about man. The stickers. Yeah. <laughs> it was the time. And then seeing that, like I saw somebody else do that uh, in another set that they had stickers on their guitars i was like holy shit that's so cool yeah right <laughs> uh let's see here what else did i notice let's see here there was tons of groupies family members and other musicians on the stage and a ton of yep. titties more yep. titties <laughs> all the yeah, titties that night, i want to say after limp biscuit before obviously rage they're making announcements about a storm possibly coming through so they were just saying just get ready um yeah so like the humidity of that night was definitely fucking hot like crazy like my dad's and mine's glasses would keep fogging up uh during rage i don't know what song but our there was a crowd surfer that was coming by and he ended up accidentally like kicking us in the back of the heads and he knocked off our glasses and we were both like, shit, like our glasses fell off and people actually backed away, grabbed out their lighters and was helping us look for our glasses. Nice. So instead of, yeah, so it was cool. And yeah, we found our glasses like right off the bat, but it was cool that everybody backed away, got out their lighters <laughs> and was there searching on the ground. Cause we're like, yeah, these guys' glasses got knocked off and we ended up finding like, all right, we found it. And everyone's like, hey, and went straight back to the music. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. I like when people do that. You know, like that happened with Ray a couple times with some of the concerts that we went to that she got knocked over. And, uh -huh. um, and you know, it's like you would expect people to just start walking all over, like, especially if you're like by yeah, a mosh sure. pit and stuff like that. But no, yeah. every time, like, especially with the shows that we go to, people just back up, they move away and they help her back up or I help her up. You well, know, that's what shit. we're, yeah, that's what we're expecting, especially. Because it's Rage Against the Machine. We're like, shit, this is going to end bad. Going to be blind the rest of the night and the whole <laughs> you know, weekend. I don't have a backup pair of glasses. You know, That was like my only pair of glasses. So yeah. luckily, the Woodstock crowd was nice. Got out their lighters and helped my dad and I look for our glasses during that. Well, that's good. Uh, I did notice that security was a bunch of dicks during that set. Uh, I don't remember why. I think... It might have had to do something with the front row or something that I saw something going on and Oh really? Yeah, I don't know. It must have been something that's probably my just just probably just that heat. Like I said, that's the only thing that I could think of. Yeah, but the one thing I noticed is that the majority of people that are uh that were enraged were wearing long sleeves. And I'm like, holy fuck, man, I'm pretty sure it's pretty hot in, on the stage too, especially with all those lights and you know, everything being ran through there and stuff, and it's like well, I know Damn. Zach 
Zach was, but I think the other guys, I know with the bass player, Tim, I think that's his name. It looks like he has a long sleeve shirt on, but like it's his tattoos that go down to his elbow. Ah. He's got these weird, like, yeah, like black tattoos on his shoulders that go down to his elbow. Cause I remember thinking, I was like, dude, that guy has a weird shirt on. Cause he has like a tank top. Then it's like, oh no, they're tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, that's different. Uh, let's see here. What else did I, did I notice? I love their their use of lyrics. I I I definitely know that, and I I think that's always been a thing that caught my eye with Rage is that, yeah, their lyrical content is just always dope. Yeah, because they always they always kept it real and current. Yep. And then they try to bring out stuff that hasn't been spoken about, try to get it spoken. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I thought that it was a pretty dope ass set. Uh, the song that they used to close it out, I did not note it out, but I did put that it was probably the best song that they could have used to close out that set. Yeah, uh, Killing in the Name. That's it. Yeah, because I remember when they set the flag on fire, when Tim set the flag on fire, because it was like an upside-down American flag and something was written on it. There's some political thing that they're trying to get across, and then he set the flag on fire. Like, my dad and Chris, of course, they're, you know, ex-military they're just like, ah, that's not right. You know, I'm just like, I, it's, I, that's that's Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> you know? But I remember them later that night saying that they ended up liking Limp Biscuit and Rage Against the Machine after seeing them in concert. So it's like, all right, cool. At least you like the two bands, two of the three bands. I mean, of course, they like Metallica, but I'm glad that they were approved of <laughs> Limp Biscuit and Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And now let's move on to the probably the show of the night. Yeah. The one that everybody went there for, or at yep. least stayed that late for good old Metallica. Yeah, because uh, there were there were another one that performed at ninety four. Yeah. And the one thing that uh I definitely made note of at the beginning was the look and sound of seasoned professionals is always a treat. The fact that they they started their set just in tune, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. On tempo, never lost track. Like, and it's just seamless. You know, yeah. Like, they've done it for years before. They've they've been together since what, like eighty three or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there when the uh, Kill 'Em All album. Yeah, I think it was eighty three. Might might have even been eighty, and it just took them a while to get a record going yeah and at that point it's almost 20 years together so you know they they know what to do you know well that and i also love they came out to um ecstasy of gold from uh good the bad and the ugly yeah and i thought that was cool that that's their like entrance music you know to get on the stage uh the number one other thing that i put on here was uh shred these guys can definitely shred. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, they made my fingers hurt just by seeing how fast they were going. Uh, but still, though, fuck Lars. I never liked Lars. I hate Lars. I can't stand Lars. Well, the thing that pissed me off about him is later in the set when they were doing the encores and they did, of course, they had to play Enter Sandman. But, um, at the beginning where the drums are crescent, cres- how the fuck do you say it? Crescendoing. 
Yes. <laughs> when the drums are doing that, he ends up missing the cue on the on the crash symbol. So where it's just like he ends up playing just and then and you see James look at him like, dude, what the fuck? Like, how did you miss that crash beat that goes right into the song? So when you rewatch that song, pay attention to the intro. Yeah, where he's playing the drums right there, and he ends up missing that crash symbol. It's like, my God, dude, really? You had one fucking thing to do, <laughs> and you missed that crash symbol right there. Yeah. So man. every time I hear that song, I always think of that performance. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Lars. Fucking Lars. Uh, <laughs> definitely the crowd has gone nuts at this point. Yeah, they were they were waiting for Metallica. They were they were all over the place. There was mosh pits just forming everywhere. It seemed like. Mm-hmm whirlpools in an ocean well what surprised us with metallica was the first song that they played was so what i never heard that song before that's off of their uh was a garage days inc album where they did a bunch of covers okay so that's a cover song and when they're singing the song he's all talking about like i fucked this i fucked that i even fucked the schoolgirls twat so what <laughs> i'm just there like i said i'm there with my dad and chris and i'm just like what the fuck is going on? Like this is Metallica, you know. <laughs> so he's he's just singing about all this weird shit and this so what, so what, you know, like I'm trying to think of another lyric. <laughs> he's like I yeah, he's just singing like how he fucked a goat and just all this other shit, but it, like I said it's a cover song though. So once they finished with so what, that's when they went into their own music and they went right into like Master of Puppets and for whom the bell tolls so it's like all right here's metallica <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you're all like okay okay, okay I'm, I'm back to normal yeah now. it's like yeah it's like i could breathe but like like i said i never heard that song before so i was just like whoa what is going on <laughs> uh the one thing that i did uh i've always loved metallica's instrumentals you know like when they have a long instrument oh, break during their songs yeah yeah dude those have always been just I don't I I've always liked them. And the fact that they can replicate them so well live. Oh yeah. is just amazing. Uh the lead guitarist, what's his name? Shit. Not not the singer. I guess Well, yeah, it'd be Kirk. Yeah. Kirk Hammett. He's dope. Oh my god. <laughs> I was so impressed. Like, sorry, I don't I apologize to anybody. I don't know band members' names and stuff. Yeah, uh, at least you know who you're referring to and yes. stuff like that. So that's always good. Yeah, you know? I I always make sure of that you know like if there's like if a guitarist, if there's a guitarist, like I'll I'll even describe the guitarist what they look like and just tell you this is the person I'm talking about, you know, yep. because I want that person <laughs> to get you know get their due, get their respect, you know, that they deserve. Like that that man was fucking shredding like crazy, and it was just it was awesome. Well, that and I liked how before Fuel, he kind of played like the Grim Reaper song, like the Undertaker song or whatever yeah. on the slide. And then he kind of made like a race car sound effect with that slide. And then it went right into Fuel. And then uh, I liked with King Nothing, how they kind of jammed out with that song, like right in the middle, just hearing that bass and just the main guitar part and everything but like during turn the page when they were performing that i want to say that's when it started to rain some 
and for some reason everybody started throwing bottles jeez i yeah like i have no fucking clue why but like they weren't throwing them on stage they were just throwing bottles and that's when my dad <laughs> he got pelted on the back of his shoulder with a full bottle of water that was unopened oh damn so where they're standing yeah and all you hear is this loud just this loud like thud and son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and chris and i we turn around like what happened he's like said got hit with the bottle and so we're like we went to look at it and it was a bottle of water it was unopened we're like well cool at least we got a free bottle of water out of this but sorry you had to get hit with it though damn poor so bob went casualty. To, he went to war man yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was his casualty right there so he thought he was going to woodstock nose... he went to war <laughs> yeah so mine was the nosebleed during biscuit our glasses getting knocked off during rage and then he got pelted with the unopened bottled water Hey, man, to uh, me, that just sounds like y'all had a great time. Well, yeah, like it added to it. It made it even more fun. It makes it more personal. Yeah. So, like, we we were there, like, drinking from the bottle of water. And I want to say we had, like, maybe, like, about a quarter left. And there was, like, this young chick. She asked us, like, hey, you mind if I get a drink? We're like, yeah, sure. And we're like, just keep it. And she just took a sip and, like, gave it back. We're like, you could drink the rest of the bottle, you know, if you want to. Like, we're good with it because at that time we were trying to get up as close as possible to the stage. And I want to say we got a little bit further than where the Alamo was. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So we weren't that far off from the stage, but like from there, that's where the line was. Like you could not get any closer because everybody was all just packed in like sardines. So, dude, I feel bad um, for the people that are at the front row, like front, like right there in the fence. I can't Hell imagine, no. you know, having to pee and eat and just water to hydrate and all that shit, being up there all day if they did, especially during corn for Friday night. At least how the crazy that was. At least the good thing is, is that, you know, like if you really aren't feeling too good or feeling like crap, you can probably let security know and they'll pull you over. Like at, the only downfall from that is you're going to lose your spot. Yeah, like that happened to me actually at OzFest 2003. Um, I got like the second person away from the front railing for the second stage bands. And um, uh, I can't remember what band it was after. I think it was after Kill Switch Engage because I was wanting to see them because I ended up looking up some of their music. I was like, okay, I dig this. And ever since then, I've been a Kill Switch Engage fan since. But it was so hot that day because it was like the beginning of June and I could already feel myself like dehydrated. I'm like, dude, I need to get out. So I told the security guard like in between bands, I'm like, dude, can you pull me over? Like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And yeah, he's like, yeah, bro. He's like, here, let me hug you up real quick (laughs) or whatever it was. So (laughs) he ended up pulling me over the guardrail. And the thing that sucked about that, though, on a side note, is they ran out of water that weekend somehow. And so... I guess it was just because it was so damn hot, but I had to get like two sprites and that's where I ended up meeting Chris Jericho and he was there chilling with Bubba Ray Dudley and I was able to get a picture with Chris Jericho and had him sign my, um, yeah. Well, cause I think that's when WWE was, was, um, promoting Ozfest that year. And so Jericho and Bubba Ray Dudley were just there in the back of the crowd, but Bubba Ray was 
drunk off of his ass, just talking shit to everybody. <laughs> nice. But Jericho, that's where, yeah, that's where Jericho had like that long lock of blonde hair still. And I just asked him, hey, can I get a picture with you? Because I snuck in a camera. I was like, yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Uh, oh, man. So many notes that I have here from Metallica. Uh, yeah, they were just great. They were great. You know, it was good. I love when it comes to Metallica, I'm a sucker for their slower songs, like the slower tempo songs. Those are my favorites. Oh, like but, leading me. Yeah. And one, you know, the way one starts out, that's my, that's yeah. probably my absolute favorite Metallica song. Uh, well, that one I liked just because of how they had like the, the, the lighting going off where it looked like the machine guns were going off and the bombs were exploding. Yeah. Like I thought that was really cool. And I love I that into the actual song. I like, love oh, that yeah. everybody was singing the solo at the beginning, you know, the, yeah, right? the guitar solo. <laughs> everybody was singing along with it. I was uh-huh. like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, the crowd was they were eating it up that night. It was so cool. Yeah, it was uh it was intense. Uh I definitely felt the crowd during nothing else matters. Like it was just some kind of vibe well, they- in the air that was the thing with that song that's one of the first songs i learned to play on guitar Uh i think everybody learned to play that first on the guitar but um when we went over to the ford's house before woodstock i brought my guitar over and i was playing it and that was one of the songs i was playing so when kirk starts the opening chord for nothing else matters chris yells off of the top of his lungs there's the future Justin Bailey. So like I got embarrassed. As fuck. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, Chris, shh. he's like, what, Justin? You like, they're not going to know who you are. Like no one knows you except for, you know, me and your dad. So oh, I was like, bro. You had yeah, your Dotson moment. Drew. <laughs> you had your Dotson. Dotson, Dotson. We got oh, Dotson yeah. here. <laughs> See, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my Dotson moment. <laughs> But yeah, so every time I hear nothing else matters, I always think of that from Woodstock of just Chris just yelling off of the top of his lungs saying that's, that's great, the future man. Justin Bailey. That's it's <laughs> embarrassing, but that's a great memory. You know, that's that's something oh, yeah, cool for to sure. remember. Let's see here. Uh I know one thing that I noticed is that after this entire set, fucking lead singer sounds exactly the same. Like yeah, there's right? no sound tired. Nope. No change in his voice. No, <laughs> no, nothing. It's like this yeah. man could go on for another fucking three hours. They probably could have. I mean, they played they played until like about one thirty in the morning. I think they got on like just after eleven thirty or at eleven thirty. And it was about one thirty when they were done with both of their encores. Um because we started to leave when did we start to leave? I think it was the start of the second encore. So they were going into uh, Die, Die, My Darling, into Enter Sandman. So we're like, all right, let's go ahead and start heading out. You know, like, this is probably the last song. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they kind of got back on and they played Battery. So that was the very last song. And I want to say, I could have swore there was, like, fireworks or something going off that night just to, you know, celebrate how the weekend has been and when we were leaving uh we wanted to get something to drink because like i said we were in that crowd and just thirsty as fuck 
And I think they wanted like $8 for like a cup of lemonade. Sorry for the live crowd. Sorry for the live crowd. <laughs> yeah, right. Just a little. Yeah, I got, I got, I got six viewers, so just a little like, hiccup. I had people chatting, but that's our good though. That was my fault. Like I was like, I was right here watching. Like I was listening to you talk, and then all of a sudden, your your like <laughs> your voice waves disappeared. I was like, well, that's not normal. Uh oh. Yeah. yeah right but speaking, i'll fix speaking that of like electricity and everything <laughs> yeah i know exactly man we just got cursed so let's uh just in case let's bring that conversation back up my question is would you think it would be painful to play guitar in the rain and you said that you know he said he pretty much felt the voltage in his fingers while he was playing to me that'd be scary as shit <clears throat> yeah that would be because you don't know how strong that shock is going to be i mean it's been a while since i played electric guitar but still just anything plugged in and you're you got to think you have it around your neck both of your hands are touching the strings because you need your left hand or if you're you know whatever to touch the screen strings on the fretboard and then even though you have a pick and it's plastic i mean you're still going to rest your hand you know there for the pickups or anything though mm -hmm. so I'm sure that shit's going to shock you like crazy. Will it kill you? I have no freaking clue. See, the one but thing yeah, that I'm... would, uh, I don't know. I think the one thing that I'd be more really concerned about is, you know, like with the wet strings and sliding your fingers up and down the strings, like, do you think it'll probably like, could it cause you to, oh, like, to burn your fingers like and stuff friction? like that? Yeah. I have, I have no idea. Yeah. See, but like, that's even, something I wouldn't want to do. <laughs> like at 94, 94, they that whole weekend was nothing but rain so i know when uh nine inch nails when they performed they actually ran out into the mud so people wouldn't throw mud at them if it did happen and so the whole time that they're playing their instruments they're all muddy the keyboards are all wet the guitars are all wet the drums are all wet but yet to me even though trent Reznor hated it he said that was the worst performance i still think that they did an amazing job with what they could with their instruments not working 100 percent. oh absolutely it's like and you can only do so much when, yeah and with aerosmith they didn't end up performing until like super late in the morning because of the rain and i think they ended up being late because of that but like one of the guys described it as like a cow that peed on a rock like that's how hard the rain was coming down and oh, when green when green day performed before the mud fight started to happen i think it's during when i come around someone throws mud right there at his right hand where he's strumming the guitar and it's just covered with mud and yet he still carried on performing like three more songs after that song and then that's when the mud fight broke out with green day oh, <laughs> so like even though that's even though that's mud it's still just like dude i can't imagine playing my instrument with mud how slippery that would be yet alone thinking how it would be to play in rain coming yeah. down on you oh i feel it man yeah definitely that <laughs> i couldn't even imagine dude and I, I get mad when my hands get sweaty when i'm playing the guitar yeah yeah right <laughs> so just to think with rain it's like mm, rain or mud know. or any any other kind of fucking bodily secretion i guess you, you right. never know shout out to flea Anyways, uh, let's start with, <laughs> we're going to move on to Sunday. And this was the well, final was Saturday. Day. Oh, what? Something else happened Saturday? <laughs> well, us trying to get back. Oh, there you go. Yes. To, continue. Yeah. With that, 
uh, like I said, Metallica, they played till about 1.30 in the morning. Okay. Same thing. We were trying to look for the something to drink. Found my dad. So we go to the bus loop there at the south gate. And we are there waiting for our bus. And we end up talking to a few people. And they're like, yeah, we've been waiting here for a bit. Still waiting for our bus. We end up seeing more buses passing by and passing by. I want to say we ended up waiting there for at least an hour. So it's like 2.30 in the morning to find out that the bus that we were waiting for no longer was getting people. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the security guard came over. It's like, what are you guys waiting for? We're like, we're waiting for our bus. Like, we're trying to go back to the Mohawk Plaza. or No, it wasn't the plaza. But it was someplace that was nearby that wasn't too far. They're like, yeah, that bus ended like hours ago. We're like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, if you guys go on this bus, it'll take you back like, well, yeah, the one that he suggested was take the Mohawk Plaza bus and then you'll just have to walk. So we ended up doing that because my dad and I, we wanted to get there Sunday to Woodstock early enough to see Willie Nelson because he didn't get on to like about noon or one o'clock, something like that. Okay. So once we've, yeah, so once we finally got back to the Mohawk Plaza, we ended up walking over to Dunkin' Donuts because they were 24 7. Burger King was 24-7. McDonald's, I don't know why, they weren't 24-7. Like, they were idiots. It's like, dude, you guys are losing out on so much money by not being open. It's probably so, because there was way too many people. Like, remember when we used to go could uh, be. to band reviews and then another... Right. And we would show up to those fast food places and yeah. all of a sudden a shitload of kids just show up. Like, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> Imagine it if a shitload of fucking tired, cranky, drunk, <laughs> or high Woodstock yeah. goers stopped at your fucking McDonald's. Oh hell no! <laughs> yeah, I mean that that could have been the reason why. But to me, I, I just felt like like man, you guys are losing money because like I said, Burger King was banking, Dunkin' Donuts was banking. So we walked to Dunkin' Donuts and they had like a five dollar deal where you had you got like the um. How many ounces is this? The uh, the twenty ounce soda and like two donuts for like five bucks. Nice. So we just we just ended up getting that and then we walked to Chris's car, which was I don't know how far away it was though, but yeah, he dropped us off. So like it was about like almost three <laughs> three something in the morning by the time we got back to Lucy's house. Damn. And just to give you a little heads up on this is. Every day I wore the same clothing, except for my boxers. I changed those, or I might have been wearing boxer briefs or something, just because all the walking and didn't want chafing. But nothing wrong with that at that all. I, yeah, but that's still uh, <laughs> having to dirty. Deal with that though. Yeah, yeah but so no, yeah, it's dirty to think about. But when you when you you know realize what kind of environment you're gonna be in, you don't want to wear something oh, yeah, fresh sure. every single day. You know, everyone else is probably yeah. gonna smell worse than you. Yeah, so like the only thing I did was I'd put on fresh deodorant, wore the same shirt. I well, here's the other stinky thing is I didn't shower <laughs> since Thursday. Nah, you so I was fine. still yeah. So like in a way, it sounds disgusting, but it's like like you said, that's the way for you to blend in. Yeah. So I was wearing the same same clothes, same blood and sweat and mud since Friday, except for. Like I said, my boxers, I made sure to change that at least. So, yeah, so we didn't get back to the house till like, about 3, 3.30, and my dad and I kind of looked at each other like, yeah, I don't think we're going to get up early enough to go see, <laughs> you know, Willie Nelson just because 
we were we were literally exhausted just from those three bands just literally kicking our ass that night. Well, hell yeah, you guys pretty much did the equivalent of an entire day's festival in what three bands? Pretty much, you know, and yes. and then you were there already earlier in the day. Not to mention yep. the day before. Yep, you know, so, <laughs> I did like five bands on that day you know for you going through all that and you had to come back like you left saturday and you came back yep so yeah so what yeah that doesn't i don't blame you for being fucking tired in the morning (laughs) sheesh you know honestly bro you're a beast i wouldn't have been able to do any of that shit but anyways we have made it to the end of part two now we're gonna get to part three and we got a good set to close out part three, we have Elvis Costello, Jewel, Creed, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss out on this. I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Episode three is up, or part three, whatever you want to call it. Part three of Justin's Woodstock 99 experience is up. Go ahead and check it out. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you all next week for the next episode. We'll see what happens. I know uh, Justin's going to be going to Raw on uh, Monday Night Raw, whatever you want to call it. He's going to be going on on Monday. So we might do a little after show after that to see how his experience went. Going back to a a WWE show post-pandemic or still pandemic. Who knows? Anyways, I'll catch y'all on the next one. Thanks for listening. Peace.